Alrighty, gang. Boom. Welcome back. Part two. Diane McGrath takes you into the Martian land. Insane. You guys can't wait, so I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to uh, beat around the bush here. I'm just going to quickly uh, hammer through our sponsors. So, gang. Audible. Home to the widest selection of digital audiobooks, including bestsellers, new releases, exclusive, and much more. Listen anytime, anywhere. Uh, on your tablet, mobile, or desktop. Get our... Uh, our uh, free app, Audible is offering listeners of Adventure Fit Radio a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. Let's give you all the uh, all you guys the opportunity to uh, check out their service. Download your free audiobook at audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Again, guys, it's audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Uh, I'm going to keep recommending Stephen Hawking's A Universe from Nothing. There was a really cool part in the book, and I... Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was something to do with the universe. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Guys, this uh, podcast is also brought to you by Loxam Solutions. Loxam Solutions is a boutique consulting and business support company. It is focused on business consulting and commercial services. The key to their success has been through the application of a pragmatic approach combined with entrepreneurial spirit to achieve our clients' outcomes. Their philosophy is simple deliver well-defined, measurable business outcomes to their clients through the engagement of subject matter experts with the real-world experience. They can be found at locksamsolutions.com.au. This podcast is also supported by No Days Off Supplements, gang. NDO Subs is a newly formed company that aspires to build a trusted brand by having honesty, integrity, and loyalty as the cornerstones of their relationships with all their stakeholders. From suppliers to customers to sponsored athletes and individuals, they will work hard to ensure all receive the utmost attention and support and that harmonious relationships, relationships, I've done it again, are mutually beneficial for all. Guys, use the code ADVFRADIO when purchasing to receive 10% off all, uh, all subs, guys, at ndosubs.com. ndosubs.com. Subs.com. Subs. Okay. Finally, this podcast is proudly supported by AdventureFit Travel. AdventureFit Travel is an adventure travel company for the fitness community. Head over to www.adventurefittravel.com, gang, to check out all our trips, all our blogs, our blogging team, special offers and more. All righty, gang. Here we go. Part two, Diane McGraw. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? I'm with you if you want to live. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. We touched on it before, before we um, had good, the bad, and the science, which is the government aspect. Mm. So I think um, this is the most interesting thing of the whole, uh, this is the most interesting part of the whole experience for me, for you guys having to um, to start your own or having the ability to start your own government. So that's insane. Who do you want? And do you have to have a leader? I mean, that's some I don't of think the you stuff. You have to have a leader. Well, you can do whatever you want. So what 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 exactly. actually are you governed by the director of Mars 1? Nope. Nope, no, no. What we'll be doing during the 10 years of training is actually working out what sort of governance structures is going to work best for, for us, for each individual crew. So, and we'll practice those each year during our isolation training. Mm. Um, how does it work? As you know, This crew over here might decide, oh, we're really hierarchical, so we're going to go with, you know, you're going to be the leader. And others might be more of a zeitgeist sort of, you know, movement. Others yeah. might be like, oh, is this completely about consensus? So, so there's so many different ways of decision-making and, and, and structures, organisational structure mm. that we'll be able to play with and test before we go. You need and a philosopher on board. Yeah, well, I it's an insane. That's yeah, the sure, biggest question. Really well, sure, it's only a matter of time before certain personality types start to take take over. What is that movie? That sorry, that book that I'm thinking about. Surely, you know, with all those those Lord kids. Of the Flies? Yes. Yeah, Lord, yeah, of, the Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yep. It's, it's yeah. kind of like that. 
But I suspect, though, with the, the psych, the profiling that's being done, uh, and also during the 10 years of training, that sort of behavior, mm-hmm. those sorts of people will, will come, you'll yeah. see them bubble up to the top. And yep. I don't think yeah, that they will last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can't fake so it what about, no. what about the, what about this is the thing, though, like the first four people that get there get mm-hmm. to start their own governancy. Mm-hmm. Then does that mean that? Their governancy reigns supreme. Like not I know, not because it reigns no, supreme. No, no, no. It's a, it's a really good question. The fourth and fifth and sorry, the mm. fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth people that get there. Mm. I mean, it's it's such a huge question because mm. if in five hundred years' time there's a million people living on Mars, yep. you want it to be done fucking better than the governancy of that's living on Earth. What we've done because the governancy on this planet sucks. Yeah. Doesn't work. I don't know how to fix it. So obviously that's not what I'm trying to do and trying to say I know any answers, which I don't. But if, if for example, we could take it back mm. 2,000 years, we wouldn't set up the, govern- the government system that we have we'd do in things place differently. Th- you would think we would do as things As long as you're like, adaptable. I think that's probably what you're going to go for. We're, true, we're yeah. too it has entrenched. To be, yeah. you know, we're too entrenched now to, to wipe it all and go, okay, let's, let's, let's think about the again. new best system for the planet, which is what yeah. we would probably do if we were given the chance on yeah. Mars so that's why I think it's that for me is just and it it's could, intimidating and but what's exciting is that um, this couldn't be done with a government organisation NASA couldn't do this mm-hmm. because they'd have to all follow the Absolutely. US systems same thing with Roscosmos you know they'd have to be the Russian systems and so forth so Mars One a not for profit international doesn't have to run by the same structures as any particular nation, which make, gives us the freedom to be able to determine what will work suitably for that community that's going to be growing on Mars. And, and your point about the evolution of a society as it gets larger, one of the things that I've heard um, Dr. Norbert Kraft, who's the head of the selection committee, um, chief medical officer, talk about is that um, over time as well, they'll during the 10 years of training, they'll look to try and integrate some of those crews together to see does your structure and your structure work? How's this work? No, that's not going to work as this team gets larger. Having this type of structure, we have to change things. So it allows us to test some of this stuff uh, to see how adaptable they are as as communities Is the process too early to form an opinion? Like what's your opinion on how it will... Uh, Look, and this would just be completely personal at the moment. It's too early to say to say and it's going to completely depend upon the sort of team i'm in to start with so the crew how do people feel about um decision making and things like that so um, for me i kind of expect the first crews to be pretty much i mean looking after each other yeah so survival mm. is the key yeah. I think, and it'd be, it's, I think it'd be easier to start. It's going to be very. It'd be, it's going to be easier, and, and I suspect that there'll be p- points of time when someone obviously has an area of expertise that people will naturally defer yeah, to someone yeah. with expertise. Like, look, I'm not the expert in IT, so I need you to give me the the rundown. Yes. What's the best yeah. choice on this? Great. And but I suspect that all of these crews will should be able to be open to a discussion and debate and understand why why is that a better choice than something else uh, mm. that's the key i think is yeah, to have that openness i think it's the i think the the first you know five or six or seven that have have many crews mm. come over in the first 20 years i think that's yeah that's fine i think that's fine it's just the mm. it's the long term thing that you have to have some sort of a discussion and idea yeah. about which yep. is so mind boggling for me it's it's exciting mm. like you could have such a better system and a, a more fair and just system and yep. and you know yeah. because that's just what we don't have I was reading a book um, Why Nations Fail mm. which is about um, mm. why nations fail why we have poverty in Africa why yep. we have you know um, we, we're a lot better in the, Western, in the in the Western mm. world and it's yep. um, really interesting and uh, I just think if it's a it could end up being you know that it's just it's a much I don't know, a better scenario to live on Mars under a new system in 500 years' time than the current systems that are entrenched on, on this planet. It's also that different systems work with different populations. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've got a society on Mars that'll be a society that's the premise of it being able to continue is that they everybody needs to help each other to survive. So yep. there's an, as, a, an essence of this fabric of the society that's always going to be around having to help each other because I'm not going to be able to thrive unless you thrive. Exactly. You won't thrive unless we thrive. Exactly. So yep. I think that will be... And that's different nowadays, isn't it? I it mean, is. there are lots of people that I don't have to rely on to survive and in yeah. other parts of the world and stuff. And, and yeah. what is the plan for the growth of the 
mm. the the colony over time, as in like um, population. Yeah, yeah like Just with Mars One yeah. in the in the the plans they have now. Yep. What's the Mars One has said that um, they don't want any of the early crews having kids at all. They'll continue to send up crews every two years, as I mentioned, of, of four. So yep. it will continue to grow incrementally um, for for decades. Okay. Uh, eventually, humans will be humans, and but the challenge is that it's unknown about whether it will be safe yes. for a human to have a child. And that's so. The concept is um, you could imagine that animal husbandry will be tested first. Can can an animal have um, successfully conceive, uh, gotcha. and and can it give birth? I have no and idea can what animal husbandry yeah. meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. Sorry, uh, um, animals yeah. having children, <laughs> looking after and breeding animals. Yeah, gotcha. um, so they've already done um, a number of like uh, rat tests and so forth uh, in space. So NASA rats, yeah. have uh, rats can. Uh, ha- there's no problems with aspects of um, of breeding in the way that they um, <laughs> actually can yeah, have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. Um, well, although in saying that, I mean, there are, there are aspects of microgravity. Um, fluids are affected by mm. uh, gravity, of course. And right. so, and same what thing. What microgravity rate, technically mean? Um, so it's zero gravity or 38% of Earth's gravity. So ah, just lesser um, gravity. Lesser gravity, yes, yeah. Gotcha. And radiation as well. So fertility is affected by mm. um, yeah, radiation uh, as well. Uh, so don't they think there might be long, kind of strange-looking kids born? Uh, if, I don't know about long. Weird figures. Talking right now. <laughs> green, green kind of. That's what I read eyes. on BBC.com. <laughs> the, like, the challenges, I think, it will be around uh, radiation uh, yeah. when it comes to uh, a child born on Mars. It'll be about protecting, protecting the mother. Um, and also a potential father, because of course yep. you know the the success of conception is two people, uh, and uh, yep. and men actually usually have a, a higher risk of infertility by, uh, when exposed to radiation than women do, of course, because you know the ovum is a lot bigger than the sperm, and so it's much more a bit more protection. Yeah, um, it's all inside for a woman, not so it's uh, so lots of reasons why you know, infertility could be a problem for males as well. Um, women. Um, and you want to make sure you're protecting that that fetus for as long as possible and reducing exposure to radiation so that they mm. um, actually can get to that birth stage yeah. uh, healthily. You know yeah. they say you shouldn't stand too close to a microwave or you shouldn't mm. have your computer on your laptop on your lap mm. for uh, for long amounts of time purely because of that reason. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So do you think um, do <laughs> maybe in the future wouldn't it be weird if so remember how um, I just remember how you know how I just spoke about um, I think I read somewhere like I have no real basis with this but with the, with, with the scientist <laughs> <laughs> make it up as you go along <laughs> with the lack of point, Dexter. <laughs> with the lack of gravity i remember reading somewhere maybe that with a lack of gravity it would make the the children would be born with different proportions because you're really holding on to this one aren't you no because <laughs> i just think that if if it gets to the point where we can have kids on mars but the kids the children come out and they're it's going to be harder to push them out. Skinnier, skinnier, skinnier and leaner, mm. like they grow differently. Won't it be weird to, if in 50 years' time we decide to populate Mars and start to have children inside of the colony, if they just look like Martians? <laughs> well, they, they well, will be question. Martians. Being born into zero gravity is going to have an immediate effect. That's what I mean. Yeah. So zero if they gravity. grow and look differently, will it be like, hey, let's populate Mars? But even but though it's still humans, it'll be there'll be Martians because they live on well, Mars. Well, the first person born on Mars will naturally yeah. be a Martian. That's yeah. that's right. But I mean, just the fact that we'll be breeding, we mm. could be breeding a species that doesn't look like humans. But yeah. they're not going Isn't to be born into that's zero like, gravity, I mean, are they? They're going to be born into in thirty-eight percent of it's gravity. So there yeah. will be gravity. There will be gravity, and so fluids will still move in I'm gravity. I'm just running a fucking yeah. science fiction <laughs> movie in my head right now. Um, what do you want to call it? But there, look, um, there's potential for the things to be <laughs> for. So fetal development and also the development of of an infant um, can still be affected by by radiation and um, uh, as well as as gravity too. Mm. But um, yeah, so we don't know. Radiation's concern. the big one. Yeah. We, we, there's a lot of fetal abnormalities that occur through exposure to radiation here on this planet. Mm. So it's you know. But you're also talking a long time away. You know, so it's every every two years, um, four four new people come up, mm. and uh, you know you're going to sideline a mum for. Years, so mm. you really want to make sure that everyone's established before you remove 
sure. some influential person yeah. that's there that is the key for the yeah. setup, you know? So, I mean, and, and look, honestly, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. We know we can, a lot of the things I've been talking about are just from research that's been done by uh, NASA and other scientists about what happens um, to during pregnancy um, when exposed to radiation or lesser gravity or, or, or similar sorts of risks. So we have no idea because no one's been to Mars Exactly. Yet. That's part of the we fun, We are really. human experiments. Just yep. Snapchat us when you're up there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will. Have a look at this kid we just had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got three eyes. <laughs> what, about, um, what about in the future, are you going to be able to harness the natural resources of mm. Mars to keep building um, the colony rather than sending stuff up from... Because I know that on the... International Space Station mm. is a 3D printer. I don't know how yes. 3D printers work. But uh, is that the plan? Are you going to be able to mm. use natural resources in Mars to continue to Definitely. build the resources over there? Are there yeah, the, the concept is for the community to become as self-sufficient as possible as quickly as possible. Yes. So you're not reliant on, on Earth. Yeah. I mean, to, to be a sustainable community, you can't, you can't keep sending stuff up. That's not going to work. So the, the concept is for a number of years to, to continue to send up supplies as in like landing modules that will become the living quarters and that but eventually start to build them using <coughs> regoliths so that the rocks on mars is there's plenty of rock on mars it's mm. not too difficult um when it comes to 3d printing that's going to be a must that's going to be a part of any sort of space exploration in the future yeah uh, mars one's had its um its life support systems assessed by paragon who do the work with NASA in this sort of area too. And uh, one of the recommendations has been that um, you need to make sure that you include uh, a lot of plans for 3D printing, so additive printing, so 3D printing so that for your supplies, be able to reproduce your own supplies as you need to on Mars. Mm. Uh, so that's really, it's a, it's a must. I know people that 3D print food today. NASA, actually, NASA, NASA did an interesting uh, research project where they had someone 3D print a pizza. So wow. food, yeah. I haven't so tasted I want it, I have no idea what it's like. <laughs> I want a 3D pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of food then, what uh, initially, what are you going to be eating for the first four years? Uh, well, for the first few months, it's going to be continued to be consuming space food. So nice. freeze-dried stuff that you rehydrate. Uh, but eventually, uh, the, one of the first projects that we'll have when we get to Mars, other than completing aspects of construction, is to start to grow stuff. So hydroponics, um, so a lot of plant-based food mm -hmm. predominantly. And uh, so Mars One's concept is hydroponics supported by um, by insects and algae. So you okay. get a, a really, uh, which are very, very high in... Algae is meant to be great for us. Fantastic. Mm. So really high in omega-3s, yeah. uh, also in protein, iron, uh, calcium as well, which sometimes um, isn't as efficiently consumed through plants. Uh, so especially iron, for example, mm. there's, yeah, there might be a heap of iron in a lot of plant food, but it's non-heme iron. And so it's, yep. you, you need to eat 20,000 times more of it yep. than you do heme iron to be able to have it absorbed efficiently. So insects are fantastic. I have crickets pretty regularly. I've been eating crickets and cricket powder for a while yeah. now. Uh, I added, I use it uh, as a supplement in my diet. So right. Yeah. yeah. It's, instead of spices, I tend to throw some, a couple of grams of cricket powder in my stir fry or whatever. Really? Yeah. yeah what yeah. does it taste like? Um, it's, they're like, well, the exoskeleton of a cricket is exactly the same compound as the exoskeleton of, of a prawn. So okay. if, you, if you grill a prawn and you chew the outside, you know, it's sort of got a, uh, a briny, sort of slightly salty mm. kind of flavor. Exoskeleton. Exoskeleton. Well, yeah. So interstellar. The shell. And I'm like, fucking exoskeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so prawn. excited. <laughs> People call me the prawn. <laughs> Do they? Because you, uh, you kind of bite the like. head off and keep the body. <laughs> <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> no, your body doesn't have a girlfriend. Your body's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, I, I'm really quite... Crickets are really quite tasty. A friend of mine refers to them as land prawns. Yeah, right. Land prawns. Or lawns. Depending on what you want to call it. I call them lawns. I've never heard of them. Sweet. So what about exploration? What about, um, it, obviously, setting up the colony and getting everything up and running is priority number one. Mm -hmm. Is priority number two getting out and, like, are you going to be able to travel long distances to explore when you're over there? Is there going to um, be a system for that or is it just going to be in the, you're going to have a vicinity, you're going to be able to... For the, for the early around? cruise, with the early cruise, because we'll, only, we'll be quite limited with our resources, um, so we will have is it know, like a limited Martian, radius. Have a ba a, like you have a battery-powered rover that can only go so far? We'll have, a, we'll have two rovers on the planet. We'll be there before the first crew get there because they'll be doing the work to establish um, the actual colony. I click it all in place, essentially. Click it all and, in place. Uh, yeah, a bit like a Lego set. Sweet. 
um, uh, but they're you know limited in their range, of course. So that's one of the, the challenges. We won't be able to go excessively long distances for quite some time um, unless we do a bit of a modification under the hood. <laughs> so Matt Damon my Pit my ride. <laughs> Put a TV in there. So because Throw one of the printer. things that if, if we're to try and find out whether life has existed on Mars mm. is, I don't know how much you know about that. I don't know very much. But like getting an ice core sample from yeah. the poles would, would be one of the smartest, most efficient ways to find out if there was life on Mars, right? But you're yeah. going to be able to make it to the poles, would you? Uh, well, the poles are going to be a bit far away for us. Yeah. Um, the concept is that we'd be in the northern plains, um, probably around the 35 to 40 degree um, line. And so, so you're like be a bit a, of a hike a, to the north. In a Euro- like if you're looking at yeah. a world map, you're in Europe, Europe. kind of. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's nice. So mid-Europe sort Europe's of thing. Europe's nice. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like Europe. Um, but So we won't get to the north um, probably in, in my lifetime, right. um, most likely. But... Uh, uh, oh, but it's not to say that we won't find aspects of, of life or things that indicate life sure. on Mars. They, there's, it's not just in the poles that you might find this. I mean, um, Yeah, how else do you go about it? Uh, anywhere where there's caves, mm-hmm. like underground sort of areas. Warmth? So there's anywhere where it's going to be a bit warmer as mm-hmm. well. So anything, if you can get towards the more equatorial regions. Yep. Um, so if you're looking at different... Um, I suppose elevations as well, so um, places that are a little bit lower. So this is for warmth. This is for life right now, as we speak. Microbial life. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, microbial yeah. life, um, which is it's possible. It's, mm, it's theorised. Sure. Um, I don't expect to find little green men, but I do think there's the potential for some sort of microbial life form on Mars. Ooh, that would be cool. That would be amazing. I know. And one amazing. of the things we'll be trained on during the 10 years is um, exobiology, which is the study of extraterrestrial life. Wow. That's that, so is, that is <laughs> so Don't you wish I had that when you were at school? Oh, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I um, to what you just said. That was insane. <laughs> I don't know about parabolas. It sucked. <laughs> I don't think people would take into account... See, people think of aliens and extraterrestrial life as in, you know, E.T. Mm. People think of E.T., the little little green man. You know, that's what they think of when they think of aliens and... Is there life out there? But they don't think of microbial life, like mm. fungus that might be growing yeah. on a rocky Mars. But that's yeah. just as important. That is. Is that what you would think of? That's what What's I think of. Yeah. No, I'm talking about though, this general. Right? I'm talking about like yeah. the general population. Yeah. If well, it's just it's they such think a of the Hollywood version of an alien. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Anything alien is just not from the Earth. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. right. And so how cool would it be to to validate that by finding this sort of stuff on Mars? How ignorant would it be to assume that we're the only people out here? You know, if we're if there's on the next planet there's something living yeah, and there's yeah. what trillions and trillions of galaxies mm. there's it's definitely ridiculous. another Tom Ahern out there <laughs> just on the on the podcast <laughs> radio the booper version singing a song <laughs> yeah because <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think I think that'll be the most important breakthrough for mm. humanity is, um, is showing that we're not it, I think it would break a lot of borders and religious borders oh, I most think, definitely I think it becomes us as humans rather than us as Catholics or yep. not religious but like Catholics or atheists or um, Australians and mm. you know Kiwis yep Myanmarians I think um, I think it'll be just it'll be so huge but I think with the microbial life thing it won't kick in for people people want to see they want to see ET before but they're like the, I think the microbial life aspect is, will be a, such a hum, huge and significant step I mean for we sure. used to think that the universe or the sun revolved around the earth mm. and then eventually and the someone were realized oh it's the other way it goes the other way around um so you know we continually put ourselves in the middle and everything else around us um and just to be able to change it to go actually there are other things out there it's not just us that's there so true do you know, do you yeah. know that there was a really good quote that i um that i heard the other day and it was this was talking about the um there's the the theory, um, I forget what it's called, but the where are they theory? Mm. Why haven't they called us? It's it's the Tomahorn theory. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but um, it's basically talking about the fact that if there is life out there, how come we don't know about it? How come we haven't been contacted? How come we can't this and that? And that's such a crock of shit because it's pretty fucking hard to you know to s- space travel. Mm. But the biggest thing was everybody thinks about the fact that we haven't found any life in the 500 planets that we have been able to assess because they can assess through the, the mm. gases and the makeup of the planet yep. if there's probably been life on that yeah, planet yep. and they've been able to do that with 500 planets now so they say we haven't found life on 500 planets well we have we found we're one out of 500 so people think of it as zero out of 500 mm. you know and there's billions and billions of galaxies with billions and billions of planets 
zillions and trillions and whatever. <laughs> but it's not even, it's not, people look at it the wrong way because they look, they're looking at, we've seen 500 planets and there's nothing else out there. But it's one in 500. Mm. And the, the unchecked rest of the universe is 60 trillion billion. Yeah. Never ending amount of. It's funny. It's, cool. like, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think another cool way to look, I think that's a really good way to look at things. Like, you know, atheists aren't really that different from uh, religious people. They just believe in one less God than, than most of the other people do. Yeah. <laughs> Same sort of thing. You know? That's right. But it's amazing to think like how, you know, how we can identify whether there could be life on, on other planets just based on gases and stuff yeah. like you said. Mm. Do you know who the first person was to figure out. that out? To feel almost see that Isaac Newton, when he looked um, in that little spectrum of light coming through in a, in a cylinder, mm-hmm. in a prism, and the, the the all of the the bands of light, you know, came through, and there was the colours of the rainbow. Yeah. But they can now identify um, the the gases that come through our our Earth, or the gases that make up our Earth, based on the amount of light that comes through, mm-hmm. and the the ones that are similar to Earth out there are the ones that maybe have potential for life and I think um, one of Jupiter's moons what's the name of it? Um, uh, yeah, it's Europa? Yeah Europa Europa It's got the yeah. frozen the frozen, uh, the frozen Yeah I think that was oceans. something to do with that yeah the frozen oceans yeah yeah that's right yeah potential for life it's amazing isn't it? See that's another one in our solar system that mm. you know The other thing I don't understand there. about like life on other planets is why do we think I'm see I'm not also I'm not a scientist but why do we think that life can only exo- um, exist in the Goldilocks zone because that's where we exist? Yeah, exactly. Surely there's types of life that is made up with different structures of atoms. Yeah, and of course. Like, it just, it's so silly to me, yeah. I think. Like, surely there's got to be stuff out there that doesn't exist under the parameters that we exist. Yeah. But we continue to um, anthropomorphize everything, yeah. don't we? It's like, a, you know, we relate to things that we can see ourselves in uh, much more closely than... Well done, Diane. You're right, though. I mean, like, there are, like, certain um, organisms and stuff that literally die during the winter months and then are reborn. So mm-hmm. We can't do that. But they're on the Earth and they can do that. Mm. So why can't something like that happen out there? It's even just... A, we we plant the plant and animal world that we have a lot more contact with we have a stronger, um, I suppose, connection with the animal world because why? Because it, they bleat or they talk or they communicate in ways that we can understand mm. and yet the plant world does it too. Mm. You know, the plant world's living and yet we're quite happy to stick them in pots as opposed to, you know, something in a pen. Yeah. Um, we're quite happy to, to pull them out before they've lived their life and yet we talk about, no, you can't do that to, an anim- don't put that, animal down so why do what gives us the right to end the life of definitely something else? Anyway. I think uh, was it Mac did you link me or was it Bill so one what? of you guys oh about the, the plants that plants have feelings have, yeah, have no, feelings that, that was me you yeah. guys laughed at me no, uh-huh. no, no they, they are bullshit they that was me no, scientific I, I told you how I was doing after, after a DMT thing oh no, 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 no. I, I linked he, that to Tommy last week yeah he linked me an actual article me, where me science, were talking about it. yeah science mm-hmm. discovered the plants have feelings I'm with yeah, that right. to some I think that, I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with because that. Because it's it's that it's another whole ridiculous conversation that we could try and have. Yeah. <laughs> but Plants, it's like consciousness, you know, like why is consciousness inside of like our brain? Yeah. Is our brain do we know for a fact that our brain is what creates consciousness? And how did it get there? Why is it there? Why does it leave? If plants are a living thing, what's to say that they don't have a different yep. And they, they definitely communicate with each other. They, yeah, they do. yeah, absolutely. And they and if like if a plant if, if there's a predator on some certain plants, they release pheromones that will put that predator mm. off. Exactly. Like they know how to you know stick up for themselves and stay alive. So what were you what were you talking about when you had? I was just saying that yeah, plants. Oh, we def- gave you shit because we gave you shit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it wasn't like on the podcast. Maybe we were just talking, but yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, plants. They, I, I'm just going to repeat everything Diane said. Yeah, they communicate and they have feelings and. Mm. Yeah, Avatar they learn. Like that they can see things just differently to how we see things. Like there's um, evidence that plants, when they're laying down their roots, um, they will start to a root will start to move around a rock before it even touches the rock. It's like, oh, there's a rock there. I better go around that. So just because it hasn't got eyes, doesn't mean mm. it can't see or sense things. Is anyone keen to eat a salad right now? <laughs> 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 I'm definitely not. Please don't eat me. <laughs> Uh, that was the biggest ET voice too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we moved a little bit away from space, but it's yeah. still... Yeah, that's good. You know, that's it's, all, it's all part of... I guess it's... We're all connected. It's, we're yep. all connected. It doesn't matter what. We're all... What do they say? You know, we're all made of stars. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Stardust. I actually touch on this in my book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Let's I, just give it a plug. I mentioned uh, I mentioned that um, we are just consciousness and we are like sunbeams. We don't know where. So you're you're physically sitting over there and I'm here, mm. but you have this energy around you that I don't know where you stop and I start. And we are sunbeams, just like meeting other sunbeams. And just like a wave in the ocean doesn't, there is, you know, no start and stop to that wave because it's, it's forever going. Mm. So, you know, when, um, you know, a real classic example is someone's radiating heat. It's, you know, mm. it's off them, but you can feel their heat, you know, 30 centimeters away or so. That's what, you know, consciousness is, is and that's, you know, our energy. Mm. Mm. Definitely. What do you think about, um, <clears throat> what do you think about terraforming Mars, all this talk mm. that Elon Musk Obviously, if you guys are over there, Elon Musk probably can't nuke the poles. But um, <laughs> I hope not. But um, obviously, it's a very, very fan, um, fantastical idea. I don't know if that's a word, but to to terraform Mars, mm. there's a lot of guys that believe that's the future of mankind. Um, that we have to terraform Mars. Obviously, Mars One's just a step to just have a colony on Mars without mm. terraforming it. I not going to pretend that I know how long it would take to terraform Mars. I know that there's ways that we can do it. Yep. What's your thoughts on the future of living on Mars? For the yeah, for listeners, can you join us? Terraform. Yep. Terraform means turning Mars from an uninhabitable planet the way that it naturally is to a habitable planet. Okay. And we can we can we can do, we can put the changes in place to make that happen. And so, like, what Dubai's done to the desert? Well, it's the the key areas of terraforming. Um, I'll just touch on that before I discuss the um, why. You know, the, the pros sure and cons and what Mars One's position is on this. Um, the to terraform Mars would be to make it to make it habitable means to ensure that we could breathe the air. Uh. At the moment, um, the no air on Mars is pretty much all carbon dioxide, tiny bit of oxygen, nitrogen, argon, etc. But about ninety five percent carbon mm-hmm. dioxide, so it's toxic to us. Mm-hmm. Um, other is obviously water, so it's frozen in the soil, but it's 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 there. Um, so the concept is if you heated the planet up a bit more would water become runny again uh, and and mars has gone through it's in essentially like an ice age at the moment it's gone through its hot and cold periods it it's it's had um it's had movements of its axial tilt of about 40 degrees in the last couple of million years and so what that means is um it's actually it's moved so that it's a lot more sun it, in the past there's been more sun um on more parts of the planet uh. so it's actually been a lot warmer in the past um, so the idea of having had liquid water on Mars in you know uh, millennia and uh, billions of years ago, not out of this concept at all or out of this world. Yes. Thought, well, there's uh, all the formations in the in the in the um, soil mm. in that where it looks like old running remnants of where a river would be and where. Yeah, you see would like um, parts of it like meandering Ge- off and you see those kind of formations of what horseshoes. And yeah. Correct, and, and some of it's. Um, dust formed and some of it is uh, historically been potentially thought to be created through through movement of water mm. oh, lava has been a big one as well has mm. formed yep. a lot right. of the the, um, the, the shapes of the planet so um and impact craters is another one too during the bombardment period yep. um the, the northern plains is thought to have been an area that might have been hit by the size of something like Pluto, right. huge. About forty percent of the planet was from a single. Like the planes is about from a single impact. Um, so could terraforming happen? It could. The concept could work. You'd have to heat the planet up, and so to create greenhouse gases. We're yeah. very good at Creating heating things up. Really oh. good at that on this planet. Just do what we did here. Really yeah. good. <laughs> um, I did pretty well. I had a, I had a big meal just then. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really warm in here now. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Tommy. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Could we do it in a way that is controlled? I think we find that very challenging to do on our own planet. Um, to That's what I mean. That's yeah. the question I wanted to have because everyone's talking about for humanity to um, to survive forever, what we're doing with this planet, we have to terraform Mars. It's like, hang on a fucking second. We're not going to eradicate... Whatever we do with this planet, we're not going to eradicate every single human. If we have the ability to terraform Mars... Why don't we just fix up Earth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a big question. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it would be a challenge for us and maybe a lot of hubris or pride uh, to think that we can go and just, well, we can't quite get it right here. Let's go to this fixer-upper of a planet. Yeah. She'll be right. Yeah. Just tweak a few dials <laughs> and she'll be perfect. We'll live there forever and ever. I mean, and we'll be fine. Um, I think it's pretty, you know, big of us, tiny little ants sure. that we are in the universe to think we could do that. Agreed. I think we could. I think we'll terraform Mars, though. You know? In the future. Well, you just think of like what people thought, like that physically impossible book I was talking about. 
what you think people thought was impossible 500 years ago and what mm. we're doing now. Ugh. Imagine if we're around in 5,000 years. We'll have the... Like, it won't... Just with science. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Just with science. <laughs> just with science. But with... Um, <laughs> what did he say? Science the shit out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Science, <laughs> science it up. Yeah. Science the shit out of it. Well, you but, can imagine um, 30 years ago someone looking at an iPhone. That's right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Mm. Uh, 80 years ago telling them that we're going to A, the moon yeah. and mm. B, now Mars. Yeah. So Definitely. I think it's probably, I think we'll probably do it. But um, yeah, cool. Do you want to throw to uh, some segmentation? For sure. All right. Did you know is a little bit of a game. Um, I like to, uh, I'll ask a question. It's like kind of like a little fact thing and you have to sort of guess. So I'll give you three possible answers and you have to guess um, where it came from. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, where did the handshake come from? Okay, mm-hmm. was it A, B, or C? The handshake actually came from showing your right hand to show that you were trustworthy because you didn't have a gun behind you. Okay, simple. Where did the military salute come from? A, holding heavily armored guns above one's head when trench walking. B, Nazi Germany derived from the Hitler greeting or Nazi salute. We've spoken a lot about Hitler on this. <laughs> Or C, medieval times when lifting a veil of a knight's armour to speak to the king. Uh, C. Maka. C? Diane, what are your I'm thoughts? I'm going to go with C as well. C? Bill? Throw something in there just to be stupid. Oh, I think A. A? I think A. Yeah. I don't think the Hitler thing. Don't think B. It was C. Hey. It was C. There you go. High fives it out. <laughs> yeah. So they used to lift their veil and um, speak to the king so that it became that thing there. Pretty interesting. Alrighty, how long does it take for the average person to fall asleep? Is it A, 7 minutes, B, 15 minutes, or C, 26 minutes? Bill. Put Google away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, B. 15 minutes? Yeah, if that's what B was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> He's only out again. <laughs> I was trying to figure out... Yeah, go on. Get B. YouTube no, off, mate. B. Diane. Sure, it's definitely better. Um, well, it's somewhere between 7 and 15, so I'm going to go with 15. I okay. actually think it's 7. Macca is correct. Yeah. Really? Seven minutes. Before you had the answers, I was going to say 6. 6 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting really? to think how... how I mean, the average is 7... seven. I mean, that's what they say. The average that's is so 7 minutes. It's so fast. Mm. Uh, for, for so many people that I've spoken to, it's like... Ages. People just yeah. lie awake. I, know, I slept screens. terribly last night. Yeah, that's because they're not wearing their blue light blocks. That's <laughs> it. And they, yes. all they do is stare I, at blue screens you do. all day I wear and all night. Oh, you wear them as well? Heck yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm, the only one, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. one. I can oh, tell you. Them, I've been calling them nerds for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they're so cool. My God, they're asleep. And you mentioned crickets before. Do you shop on Optimus? Yes, I do. Yeah, when you mentioned that in the the flight or flight, Matt, I was like, oh, this girl knows where to shop. Yeah, and I recognize the... Yeah, that's bulletproof. I got that from bulletproof. Yeah, 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 MCT oil and should we all just apply to Mars? <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah, be I the team of four. Let's be let's be the team. Uh, I'm very much into someone has to wear a dresser. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good. Well, I mean, my next question was going to be, what are some of the things you guys do to help fall asleep or improve the quality of your sleep? Mm-hmm. So, when did you get onto the blue blockers? You want to explain um, what they are for people as well? Oh, yeah, blue light blockers for so, nerds. <laughs> for, for those who haven't got blue light yeah. blockers, uh, well, so a lot of the devices we have in our houses uh, emit. Um, blue lights, which stimulates the the brain to continue to be awake. Um, our our body is attuned to going to bed when the sun goes down and getting out when the sun goes uh, comes up. Uh, and so the artificial light we've created uh, is stimulating our brain to think, oh, still light, still light, mm-hmm. still should be awake. Suppresses that melatonin. So yeah, exactly. Um, and so the concept is by blocking these blue light this blue light from um, from going into the eyes and that's the brain um, that you should be able to help manage that a lot better and, and be able to sleep better because a lot of people don't sleep well because they keep using their devices at night or watching TV yeah, or whatever yeah yeah, right yep. close to their eyes as well so yeah, yeah. so I've been using them for gosh when did we get them I think we got them it's only bit, we haven't even using them for about six to eight months or so mm. and what a huge difference have you ever tried to test um, using them over a couple of days and then not use them. Oh, all. I really notice I when do. I don't use I, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still, I've, I've got to a point where I, I've, um, my quality of sleep is really good. Like I get about a minimum around fifty-five to sixty percent deep in REM mm. sleep. So do you have that little app that yeah, shows that? I yeah, I track my sleep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and my sleep efficiency is usually up around ninety percent. Excellent. 
uh, but it's because they do a lot of this. Yep. So. But they're the things you have to put in place. I mean, yeah. we, we've gone to the extreme and making our life the way it is now, mm. and we're primitive beings, really. We have to go to the other extreme to make sure we still get that quality of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, mam- we're mammals. We are. It comes down to it as well. I mean, we've, we air condition our lives so much that we don't get exposed to the extremes of temperature that our body used to always uh, adapt to because we naturally used to face extreme heat, extreme cold in the different environments we've lived in. Uh, and so, you know, it, it means that we don't respond to some of those stresses very well, the physical stresses or emotional stresses. So mm. um, hot, cold thermogenesis and, and things like that are fantastic ways of, I guess, re-triggering some of that and, and improve sleep quality too. You sound like you uh, know how to biohack your body. Oh, Have I do a bit of that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you take smart drugs? Uh, I do take some nootropics, yeah. Yeah, which ones? Uh, actually, I've, I love, um, like, I'm playing around with a few different ones. Um, ashwagandha is fantastic to help you sleep too, if you're right, really into that. that. Yeah, if you're into some of the, the sort of botanicals. So, the um, um, really get into some of the adaptogens. Yep. Um, they're, and they're, they're natural as well, like from roots and mm. herbs and, and mm. so forth. Uh, and dealing with things such as you mentioned before, talking about stress and anxiety. I mean, adaptogens are fantastic for helping manage some of that as well. Yep. So um, rhodiola has got a lot of scientific evidence for help um, reduce stress responses, uh, similar to the way that some antidepressants do. So mm. um, so if you do do wish to take some sort of medication for things or, or need to because some people do require that there are some other options out there but I'm not a doctor yeah if you're about smart drugs there, you know, mm. if you've seen that movie Limitless um, mm. where he takes a pill and just sort of accesses more of his brain so uh, I've, I try and buy a hack a fair bit I, um, nootropics uh, the blue light blockers mm. uh, meditation the flight or flight, uh, flight, yep. flight or flight sleep mat yep. um, have you got one of those? tried it yeah didn't really work for me. Like it worked. I probably didn't do it for long enough. Mm-hmm. It was it was good. Um, yeah. I just sort of figure I can fall asleep all right without it now. Yeah. Um, I do meditation without it now. Um, can you explain what nootropics are? Are they just a drug? Are they that? Yeah. Nootropics well, are for like, brain function, right? Mm. Yeah, it's to right. It's uh, for to optimize your brain function. Oh right, okay. Yep. Sort of like your you know your brain octane oil over there. Your bulletproof your MTC oil. Well, that's like just that. um, MTC yes. oil, but nootropics are like a, like a like a um, on it, what Joe Rogan talks about, uh, like a concoction of different substances. To mm. Yeah, but how much of this is placebo effect? Do you think? Oh, well, how much of anything? Mm. You know, yeah. the, I guess if the, it works, it works. It but works, the amount works. of people who go, "Oh, yeah, I'm taking this yeah. krill oil," and I'm like, joint, you know? oh, "Listen, the, the nootropics I've taken, it's they're not they're not wonder drugs." No. But if I need to concentrate, you know how some days. Um, you know, even caffeine can affect you differently. Some days, mm. caffeine, depending on the type of bean it is, can give you a brain fog. Other caffeines can make you sweat. Some caffeines mm-hmm. can make you really anxious. Some days, you're just staring at a computer and you're like, man, I've got to do work, but I just can't think clearly. Mm. Just on those days, if you just, you know, you sample around with them, they'll just keep you alert. The ones I have is ma- mainly for productivity. Mm. Um, just, you know, if I have a big day ahead of me, I need to be on it. Then yep. I'll just be switched on for five hours rather than always having coffee because that affects me in different ways. And yeah. the other thing is placebos, if it's a placebo and it works, it works. Yeah. If the placebo oh, is exactly. brought on the positive effects, like the on it um, with their nootropics, um, I forget what they're called, but they're just for straight brain function. They've done like double blind, you know, placebo controlled studies or whatever. Um, so they're, they're supposed to work, but if it is just the placebo that gets your brain to function a little faster and you're just slightly more switched on because you think you're going to be slightly more switched on, yeah, absolutely. then... Whatever. It's the classic uh, Space Jam scenario, isn't it? Drinking that water. That steroid water. Yes. Really is just water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, the classic Space yeah. Jam scenario. Yeah, we're with you. Keep us of going. Course. We're all on the same page though. We know what we're talking about now. <laughs> oh, yeah, now we do. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, do you need a... Yeah, cool. Should we do uh, nine, nine from nine? nine? Do you need a... Hel- you got to make a... You gotta I've got to go to a telecon at three. At yeah, three. Sweet. And you're done. Two done. minutes. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, nine from nine. Let's do it. All right. So we've got nine from nine is our last thing that we finish off with, Diane. It's nine questions in nine minutes. Now mm-hmm. it's going to be nine questions in two minutes. <laughs> um, I'll try and make short with my answers. Uh, Max, start us off. Uh, my first one is tell us about your morning ritual. My morning ritual. First thing I do at the moment, I'm house sitting a house with uh, two cats. So the first thing I do is feed the cats. Get nice. up, uh, put the kettle on, feed the cats. Uh, wait till it cools down a little bit and then make my uh, my coffee with an AeroPress 
So you've got to wait till it's the right temperature. Yes. Uh, and then go to the gym. Great. Work out. Work uh, out. And then eat. Yep. <laughs> if you have, well, see, this is going to be very related to you. If you have uh, $500 left, what do you spend it on? Mm, 500 bucks food, probably. Uh, yeah, food. Food is usually the main thing. Food. Um, it's what connects us all and it's what we all enjoy and share and, and and when it comes to life in another planet or in another country what are the things you're going to remember those times you shared a, a fantastic meal or a coffee with someone or experiential do something experiential with other people usually revolving food which lends me which leads me into my last question is if you had one day left in the world how would you spend it with people that matter to me eating food that I enjoy <laughs> and being outdoors with a something I'll never be able to do again if I get to go to Mars. Yeah. Feel that the sun I, on my skin and yeah. the wind in my hair. Sorry to cut you off. I just, uh, for whatever reason, really hit me that that is a genuine possibility for you, isn't mm-hmm. it? Wow. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Alrighty. So, favourite travel destination you've ever been to? It can be any small, big... T- oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, golly. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, travel destination, Mars. Um, favourite? That's really tough. I've been to a lot of places. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really loved living in Belgium, mm. and I, but I think some of that is because it just gave me as well the opportunity to go and explore other places too. It yep. was a launch pad for sure to other parts of Europe. Um, I loved it, but I, I've loved traveling in Southeast Asia. I've loved, like, I cycled from Adelaide to Canberra, and I loved cycling in the you know the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in this extreme heat. Yeah, you know, wherever I am, that I'm enjoying being in the open and the yeah the the natural environment around me. Okay. That's uh, it's a good it's a good answer. What about um favorite destination? <laughs> this is favorite des- uh your dream destination. Oh, Mars. Oh. <laughs> Can it be is it Earth destination? Yeah, let's oh, go Earth, Earth destination. Oh, boring. <laughs> yeah. <No>. yeah. <laughs> um gosh, uh, there's a number of I'd love to go to Antarctica. I've flown oh, over it. Time. I've flown over Antarctica. Um I'd love to actually go there. I think that'd mm. be pretty amazing. Um tick off, yeah, try and see as much of the world as possible before cool. I go. Antarctica. Um, this is perfectly applicable again for you right now and your trip to Mars. What are the three things, creature comforts, that you want um, to keep you sane if you only had three? You're on a desert island or you're on Mars. <laughs> Mars. Um, creature comforts. I think music is mm-hmm. one of them. So Favourite band? Hey? Favourite band? Uh, mm, don't really have a favourite band. It's just the, the, the idea that someone else could either play music, sing music, or share music. So. Cool. I think music's fantastic yeah, for, for for yeah for mood and um, for keeping people happy and sane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Spotify. one of the creature food. Food is a very important creature comfort for me. Being able to cook and work with food for sure. And the other one is a creature. I don't know whether you call it food creature comfort. Food is kind comfort. of a given. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you said it now. Uh, yeah. But it's but it's 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 the it's what you do with it. You okay. know. Being so a, to, a I big love kitchen. Cooking. A big I kitchen love with lots of options. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, that's not going to happen on Mars, but um, it'll be a very small space to prepare food. But I'm very creative. Um, and I think the final thing would be games, like exercise and games and fun chess. and fitness. Yeah. <laughs> chess, chess, yes. Um, solitaire. <laughs> so it really sounds to me like you need Spotify, a kitchen, <laughs> and a Wii. That's awesome. <laughs> All good. Done. All all the things that you could put into a little, you know, yeah. module and send to, to Mars. I like it. All right. Um, who was your favourite role model growing up as a kid? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I used to read comics when I was a little kid. Uh, oh, and actually, same. I collected comics until only probably about a decade ago. DC or Marvel? Uh, both, actually. DC and Marvel. Cool. Yeah. Um, but when I was a little girl, I used to pretend to be Wonder Woman. Yep. I have you seen the new Batman vs. Superman? I have not yet. Ooh, I would like to. You're in for a surprise. Oh. You're in for a surprise. Not going to give anything away, <laughs> but... Uh, but he dies, doesn't he? <laughs> Everyone dies. <laughs> Everyone dies. It's Wonder terrible. Wonder Woman was in it. Don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, my second question was, if you could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Uh, my mum. Yep. My partner. And who else? A comedian. Any comedian who makes me laugh. I like to laugh. Mm. You know, life's mm. too short. Have fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite comedian? A favorite comedian? Yeah. Um, I've seen a few. I'm quite lucky. Um, I actually have, I've been to a couple of shows at the comedy festival already here. I went to Hannah Gadsby the other night. It was hilarious, and Tegan Higginbotham as well, who was also very very funny. 
Uh, one of the Mars One candidates, one of the other Australians, Josh Richards, is yeah. a comedian. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. Is he at the comedy Funny festival? guy. No, he's, he's, he did a show here in Melbourne. Oh, just I listened before. to a podcast he just did on the ABC. Oh, did you? ABC podcast Fantastic. about Richard Fine. Possibly so. Not Fine. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Josh is a comedian, very funny guy, yeah, and he's, he's been running this show called Cosmic Nomad, mm. uh, which is, I think, it's in Brisbane at the moment. I can't remember, but it's just mm. about to leave these shores and go overseas. Right. Mm. And uh, final question: What do you like to do in your downtime or in spare time? My downtime, I like to learn. Cool. I continually research whatever interests me, whether it's how to buy a hack better, uh, more about space science, um, a lot about what my body can and can't do and, and if it can't do it why not so I'm going to make it yep. uh, yeah and, and my PhD so you know my PhD is in uh, environmental engineering and food waste and so this is a really important issue for this planet around in, around uh, greenhouse gases so and that's what I'm trying to do work on that mm. and make a change there oh. um, we didn't actually give you enough time because I know you got to go to touch on your project that you're working mm-hmm. on but this is the time that you can Give a bit of a shout out to what you're doing, yep. um, anything you want to plug and then how people can find you. So yep. just... Um, yep. So my research project, it's called Watch My Waste, uh, com dot au. So it's about reducing food waste in the hospitality sector. We've all been to many restaurants and pubs where they give you a schnitzel the size of your head that you're never going to finish. That mm. can feed a family of three. Um, so, you know, it's really about how can we make a difference there? Uh, and so we're still recruiting businesses and, you know, keep on, keep on coming on. Um, and that's going to be going for a while yet before I get to Mars. It'll be finished though. Um, so that's, I guess, the main thing I'm trying to plug. And uh, if people want to follow me, I'm on um, Twitter. Light and Portable is my handle. <laughs> which is okay, cool. cool. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Instagram, DA McGrath um, and Facebook. So um, Diane McGrath, Mars One Astronaut Candidate. We'll Excellent. put links to all that in the show notes. Um, Diane's Watch My Waste and all the, all the social so you guys can find her. So, we good? All, all yeah, good? that was awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Loved Thanks, it. Guys. So Thanks interesting. Diane. Oh, that's all right. I could have stayed here and chatted for hours. Yeah. I like, oh, I actually have to. All righty. So, that's a wrap. Guys, mind-boggling stuff, hey? How good was that? I, I've listened to that about five times now. It was insane. I'm actually a little bit excited here, just talking. <laughs> oh, I really hope you guys enjoyed that one, guys. You can um, listen to all of uh, all of uh, all that stuff again, and all of our other podcasts at adventurefittravel.com. You can jump on the uh, the podcast tab. Keep up to date with our social media, guys. We'll uh, we'll bring you snippets and, and videos from the show, um, including uh, the tribute done by yours truly. Jesus was a good tribute. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yes. The sponsors. So, Audible, guys. Audible's uh, really been getting around us. Getting around us, guys. They're, they're really good. Um, jump on to uh, Audio Trial. Oh, sorry, Audio. Why am I always doing this? AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADVF Radio, guys. So, that's to download your free 30-day trial and to give you a free download with a the book there, gang. Awesome. Uh, Locksam Solutions, jump onto locksamsolutions.com. They'll, uh, they'll really help you out with your, uh, your, your business support. No days off supplements, gang. Get into uh, ntosubs.com. Use the code ADVFRADIO um, to receive 10% off. And Adventure for Travel, guys. I cannot stress enough how, uh, how fun it's going to be going to the US, going to Everest, going to Bali. So jump on board, team. Look us up. We're all over the place. Um, and we're pretty cool. Alrighty, gang. Until next time, I'm out.